0: Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Let It Be Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Sanchez, Certified Leadership and Life Coach, Reiki Practitioner, and Recovering Overachiever. Not everything in life can be easy, but this podcast is about seeing how some things don't have to be as hard as we think. This podcast is brought to you by Cocoon. That's my practice where I offer coaching and other resources to help you trust your intuition, design a meaningful life, and create fulfilling work. You can find out more at the-cocoon.co. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to let you know that applications are now open for my newest offering. It's called Source. It begins in January 2024. It's an intimate year-long group coaching program for creative confidence and intuitive leadership. It also includes an in-person retreat in May in the beautiful and enchanted desert outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico, not far from where I live. So I'll share more about it at the end of this episode. But for now, if you're curious, you can learn more at the-cocoon.co slash source or find the link in the show notes. Hello, Laurel. Hi. Welcome to Let It Be Easy podcast. I am so, so glad you're here. Me too.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I'm really excited to introduce you to all of our listeners today. And maybe, let's see, I think first I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself, who you are and, and what you do. And then maybe I'll we can share a bit about how we know each other.
1: Oh yeah, good idea. I am a personal stylist and I have been doing this as a solopreneur for like 14 years almost. Um, So yeah, kind of a long time. And now I have kind of morphed my business to better suit um, my lifestyle. And I like to work with people that are into figuring out how to shop sustainably and ethically, but also integrate Their personality and like what makes them unique or weird, put that into their style so that they can feel more present and self expressed.
0: So beautiful. So beautiful, Laurel. And also, we can note that you and I both live in New Mexico. Yeah. You're in Taos and uh, you used to live in Austin, right?
1: Yeah. That's where my business kind of blossomed into what it is.
0: Well, I discovered you when a friend of mine worked with you to do like postpartum corporate wardrobe, you know, figuring out that puzzle. Yeah. And you're amazing. And so you came highly recommended. And my friend didn't know that you weren't in Austin anymore. So then when I looked you up, I was like, wait, you are in New Mexico now. It's so close to me. This is so cool. So yeah, we got to meet up. I took your style shift workshop, which I'll just say right up front. We're going to put the link to that in the show notes. I love it so much. I, so I I did, it's an online course. It is the best and most fun online course I've ever done.
1: Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <Amazing. laughs> I, yeah, I loved it so much. I did it while I was pregnant and getting to this point of like, I have nothing to wear. Help me. <laughs> and this course just, it was fun. It really helped me. I still use the Pinterest board that I made as one of the exercises. And then you came and and did some photo shoot styling for me when I was doing a photo shoot for my new website. And you really like helped me see exactly what was missing.
1: mm mm-hmm. It's it's hard to see all that stuff for yourself. You kind of need an outside observer at certain points in the in the process, I think.
0: Yeah, and I feel like especially an outside observer who is so like intuitive and empathetic as you are.
1: Well, thank you. It does help to have been a social worker in my previous life.
0: <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm, yeah. A lot that comes, that comes up through. during this
1: good old styling process.
0: <laughs> oh yes. So, I was reflecting before we, before we got on this call about like what to what to start with, like what what might be most helpful to our listeners, and I was thinking about this topic of dressing for confidence and authenticity. Feeling like when you get dressed, it helps you to feel more confident and more you, like you're really highlighting something about your values or your personality or something that you're growing into. So, so Mm -hmm. for example, with my clients, you know, if If confidence is something that we are working on, a client really wants to build confidence or more specifically, they want to develop their creative confidence. So maybe you have a design leader who's like, I'm doing my job, but, and my job is creative, but I actually don't feel like I'm showing up very creatively Mm -hmm. or I like I want, like I'm just fitting in with whatever's in the ether at my company but my creativity is like a little bit dormant, then sometimes we will use clothing as a tool. Like a lot of the work we do in coaching is inside out. Like, okay, let's get, work through your limiting beliefs. But you can also do outside in. You can be like, okay, well, what does my most creative self wear? Or what does my like future more actualized creative self wear. And then how can I incorporate that or something like that that I put on my body to remind myself of what I'm stepping into?
1: Yes, I love that. I mean, I do a lot of that too cuz style is so powerful. It really can propel you into a different place like emotionally and then conceptually. <laughs> but I really think that it's hard sometimes for people to pull what that means out of them. Like what is what does a creative person dress like? What is your brand of creativity look like? What does it mean to dress in an authentic way? Like all of that feels very overwhelming to a lot of my clients because there's no point of reference sometimes for that. And a lot of times if you've made it really far in like a corporate environment, it's because you've been able to use that really analytical, organized, like other side of your brain. And that's a lot of the reason why I think some of the creativity is, is dormant because you don't have a way of testing That in a yes or no, right or wrong kind of environment. And so people don't feel as confident about stuff that can't be quantified. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that what I usually do to try to help people get back into that open, uh, juicy, creative place is just try to connect them back to a time when they did really feel connected to their creativity. Because it usually doesn't change that much, I've noticed. <laughs> like what you thought was cool, you kind of still think is cool. You just have to figure out what that is and how that used to feel and connect to that to that place. And usually and I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. It was it's usually like the time in your life where you felt the most free. And the most possibilities maybe were open to you. So you didn't feel like you were already trying to fit into this sort of box of this is my job or this is where I want to go. You were more experimenting and maybe you were relating more to your friends or like your social circle. But I think a lot of the stuff that we were inspired by when we were like teenagers or in college are still secretly it's It's laying dormant in there. <laughs> like if you grew up in the 90s, you probably still feel like when you put on something grungy with something dressy, it balances you out in a way that feels authentic. And you just kind of have to test out your yourself to get to that place in terms of like looking at a lot of stuff on Pinterest or seeing what inspires you and then noticing, oh. There might be a theme going on where I'm still creatively inspired by these same certain things that have kind of existed your
0: whole life. Yeah. I think that speaks to this process of like starting with some discovery and exploration, like going broad, trying things out, trying things on, exposing yourself to things to, you know, going backwards and reflecting beyond just like what you have right now, what you're seeing right now around you. And, and that, it, I gotta say, it is so helpful to have a guide sometimes when you're doing that, to have someone who's going to help make it feel safe.
1: Yeah. There's not really a, strategy for a lot of this. I mean, you could look up on YouTube like how to style yourself and you'll get like a thousand different pieces of advice. So I like to use what is already existing and then dig into that instead of telling people, oh, you need this whole other thing and that'll solve your problem because that isn't usually a solution. But Mm -hmm. I do, I love going really, really broad and having people collect points of reference that are visual things that maybe aren't clothes, because I think that's another thing that can kind of distract people. Is like you just overly relate yourself to the images of clothes and it, it you kind of lose the point because you're focusing on maybe the wrong stuff. So if you are a person that's like stuck in a rut in terms of what inspires you, just like zooming back to like here's a picture of a flower I love, <laughs> can really just like open the floodgates up because once you start um, noticing the stuff that you like, it'll like you'll just start noticing more stuff that you like, <laughs> and it's super useful.
0: Yeah, so just kind of like taking that lens of like, well, what do I like yeah. in general, like visually. Mm-hmm.
1: Because style is a lot of self-awareness. It's like knowing what feels comfortable, knowing how you want to feel, knowing what you like and don't like. It's a huge part of it. And a lot of people forget that they actually do have opinions on on things. Mm -hmm. And that can be integrated Mm -hmm. into your style. You don't have to – like most people are not doing it wrong. And I think that's a main – myth with with style is like, oh gosh, I just don't know anything about it. And you do, because you have opinions about stuff that you like or don't like, whether you think you're stylish or not.
0: Okay. So let me go to an example from my past just to like use as a case study. So there was a long period of time in my early career where it was so important to me to fit in which is also kind of funny because a lot of the time I was work I was like the only woman among a lot of men. So like you were by nature not fitting in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I show up just existing, as pretty feminine, mm-hmm. yeah. But like I wanted to fit in, and so I was always paying attention to like the patterns of like what other people were wearing, and how could I adapt and sort of make that work for me. And then there was a point where I was like, okay, I have, that has worked for me up to now, trying to fit in. But now I'm at this, a different level of like leadership, different level of like self-awareness and actualization where I want to be more me. So for someone who has been fitting in, but is is curious to like express themselves more in a work context like yeah i'm just curious like how might you help them to it's risky it's a little scary i know to step i think out of the yeah, box. Oh, gosh, like
1: yes and i went through the same thing when i was a social worker i was working at this like super conservative catholic hospital and they were like you are not a professional lady <laughs> You are correct. I am 25. <laughs> but, but, you know, I was working with dying people and their families, and it was really important for them to trust me. And I didn't want to look like a child, but I didn't want to deny myself the fun that I knew style was. So it was hard. Like I, I went and bought like a brown head-to-toe wardrobe from Ann Taylor thinking like I needed to wear comfort shoes and look like a a, what I thought was social worker was which was maybe the opposite (laughs) of what I was wearing naturally but when I started to think about like okay what are like my personal non-negotiables or like what are the things that make me feel grounded and centered in myself and I realized oh it's like color like if I if i take away the color from my wardrobe I felt like I was draining myself of like my life force (laughs) and so I noticed if I like conformed to this sort of general vibe of conservative Catholic hospital but integrated my color choices into the mix that that made me feel a little bit better but I think what I ask my clients now is like, what are some things that your coworkers are like surprised to find out about you that maybe they don't notice right away, but, or what's a thing that you're always like irritated that people don't know about you. That's like to you something that is like a main part of your character, or maybe it's just some thing that makes you weird or different what is, what is that thing? And then you can start to like spin into a rabbit hole of like, well, what does that thing look like? Because I, I think that's really exciting when you can take something that has always made you feel separate from the group, spin it in a way that is okay for the context you're in, but it becomes this feature that is basically your, your personal style. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I always thought the weird thing about, like, if there's a weird thing about you, like, I love, like, if you're like a musical theater person, or like, there's something that like really energizes you that has nothing to do with work, or what's your, what is something that you get like completely lost doing? Maybe those are clues, right? So, mm-hmm. thinking about all of those things that are, Maybe uh, touchstones for you in terms of your personality or things you like. maybe those are not those are not things that are represented in your style and what would happen if they were. then maybe people would see you more clearly, and it might not be a bad thing. I think people are scared of of maybe being seen for what makes them different in those environments especially when you're younger and in, in a male dominated field.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Th- this is making me think of something that felt like such a powerful insight that you helped me with which is like I my aspirational style is like very beige. I just love <laughs> soft Soothing, earth tones, flowy. It's like womb colors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally womb
0: colors. And that is kind of how that tends to be people's first impression of me that I show up as soft, Mm -hmm. feminine. I have like a quieter voice. I'm sort of more reserved and like. When I worked in an office, people would say I was like very diplomatic and easy to work with. Okay. So my style tends to over represent that. But actually, as you, I think you know, like on the inside, I am a bonfire. Like yeah. I just filled with passion, rage, like tons of ideas, like pretty, like, badass and intense yeah
1: because and you can get shit done like that's kind of a, an amazing f- feature in a person right is you have this ability even though you're like it, it you yeah you present as as soft and and f- easy flow going with the flow kind of like relaxed but there's no way you could be in the place that you are without having that like edge
0: edge so that yeah That was the word that you brought up for me when we had our consultation as part of the Style Shift Workshop. It was like, okay, what's the contrast that we're going to juxtapose with all this softness? And maybe it comes through like metal, like accessories that have more of an edge, that are shiny, that have sharp Points or some Yeah. <laughs> you know, harder edges, really. And I was like, Wow, okay. Yes, I actually I have a few examples of that. I could see where that's going where you're not turning me into like a I don't know, I'm not wearing like a collar with spikes. <laughs> she doesn't have know? a moto jacket
1: but- <laughs> on with like <laughs> metal embellished zippers or anything, but <laughs> you could.
0: <laughs> Over I could, your soft I beige. Could. Yeah. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, this is like really, this feels more interesting and like a little bit more unique, a little bit more myself, where it's like I get to do the part of fitting in that I still want and need. Like we all have a need for a sense of belonging in some way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And community is so important. You don't want to feel necessarily like, people are reading you the wrong way because then that's even more uncomfortable. It's like you don't want to over-represent either side of yourself necessarily. It's the mix. Right.
0: Right. So it's like if I think, I mean, I'm not right now like going into office environments, but if I think back to when I was, it's like, okay, I want to be able to go to an event after work with, you know, people in my network and, f- when I walk in I feel my my uniform makes me feel like I belong here mm-hmm. and also there's something on my body that like I'm I might get a compliment on someone might notice that's like a little bit unique, special different and and it's like that for me especially as an introvert, was a great way to like have a conversation starter, you know, like I'm going to compliment this person on their shoes and then they're going to, I have something they can compliment me on for sure.
1: (laughs) I've always (laughs) thought that style is like a great connector because you don't want to go home. If you've got a really awesome outfit on, you don't want to go straight home after work and take that outfit off. You want to keep being out in the world and garnering more compliments or, it also can like separate the room in a way where it's like only the people that get it are going to notice it. And those are the kinds of people you kind of want to attract to you. So thinking about your style that way, instead of it being a way to become a, become a part of something, like the, the things that you choose could be the things that make you stand out and then can therefore deepen your individual connections to the other people that are more like maybe like-minded or would notice those kinds of things.
0: And I I remember also with being in in, an in-person office environment, it helped me a lot to, to focus in on accessories for that special spark because so like glasses, my glasses were, were a big, way to do that or some jewelry or shoes like especially shoes because that is a thing that that generally I feel is um like okay for other people to compliment me on so yeah it's
1: not like specifically like body oriented or like male gaze oriented it's like a neutral kind of that's interesting yeah I never really thought about it that way
0: yeah, because like, okay, if someone if someone's complimenting me on my shirt, it's like a little more potentially yeah. uh, nerve-wracking, <laughs> right? Because they're like staring at my chest, right? Or my pants. So, but if I am drawing attention to my eyes with my glasses or my feet with my shoes, like, awesome. Like, the person should be looking at my eyes or yeah. like... We're both shy and they're looking at my feet. That's cool (laughs) too. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) We will get along. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Totally. That's really interesting. I always tell people too, like if you're, if you want to have like a pretty interchangeable wardrobe, you're going to want to have like outfit making accessories because those are the things that are going to establish the vibe of your whole entire outfit and also like jewelry is so hard to specifically shop for. I think for a lot of people that I think it's fun to have people shop for it when they're like traveling or in a different city or just like, here's the thing I'm going to look at when I'm out with my friends and we're like going into a boutique, like just kind of having it in the back of your mind that like you should always be maybe shopping for accessories that kind of can be, touchstones for certain times in your life or places that you've been or like people that you're with. I like to kind of imbue meaning into those things because I feel like it makes it easier to invest in it. And it also makes it more meaningful.
0: Absolutely. And I I think that this also connects with confidence, I think, where you know you're putting something on your body that you would love to talk about. And so it's it's it is an accessory that has a story of uh, your travels or or a certain memory. Maybe you you gift yourself something to celebrate a milestone or something, and that's how the story you would tell with it. Or just when you chose it, you were shopping according to your values. So you like you bought it secondhand or from an individual maker or a sustainable brand and then you can you can share that like yeah I you know I really love this this maker and it's really important to me to support independent creators or something like that.
1: I know I am like I can't even help but tell people every single thing that has meaning if they compliment it. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, I like your ring." I'm like, "Oh, my friend Margo made this one. Oh, and this one is from my friend when I was fifteen. And this one was my mom's. And this one I got it." <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'm like, "Okay, I guess maybe that was m- a little bit much." <laughs> <laughs> but then they know me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a beautiful way to like spark a little bit of gentle storytelling.
1: Yes. And people love co- to get complimented and they'll go on and on. If you, if you compliment the right person, it is like unlocking this whole <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting box.
0: <laughs> yeah. It kind of helps take the spotlight off of like you specifically and more onto something that reflects something about you.
1: You're giving the surface more depth.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. this is this is so juicy, and I—I I I know we got that- so many
1: taglines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm thinking also about another element. I feel like if we're talking about style and we're talking about confidence, we have to talk about bodies, too.
1: Yeah. People, people really avoid style because of their bodies, I think. I mean, I would say maybe it's definitely more than half of my clients, both men and women, tell me when I first talked to them that they, they were thinking of waiting until they lost X amount of pounds until they hired me. And most people either give up and hire me before they've hit their goal or they like I will talk to them for years and years waiting for them to achieve their goal but it's like "Ah, why don't you want to feel good now
0: (laughs) right right uh, yeah yeah I I feel like it's so common to be like I will you know express myself through my style after I've lost weight or changed something about my body or after I have achieved total acceptance and self-love. And like, but why? We could feel better now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, and also like people will get new things and then they won't wear them because they're too nice. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't, I'm waiting for a special, okay. It's like, we do so much to not to tell ourselves that we aren't like worthy of w- whatever it is in that mm-hmm. moment but yeah i feel like a lot of people have a hard time investing in themselves when they aren't feeling worthy of it mm-hmm. on some level and yeah that isn't just their bodies like a lot of times it's like they feel like it's a scary thing to invest in themselves or you know, the way they grew up prohibits them from feeling like relaxed and calm in the shopping experience at all. (laughs) So it is a lot to unpack, but bodies. Yeah. I feel like if you are able to get outside of yourself enough to sort of look at proportion and balance, but primarily like thinking about your style first and then learning about balance and proportion you can achieve whatever style you want in whatever body that you have if if you're able to sort of see the patterns in balance and proportion because you could lose weight but you're still going to have the same like shoulders basically mm-hmm. and the same hip to shoulder ratio essentially so you can learn all about balance and proportion And then get your clothes tailored if you lose weight, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it is – it's hard to look at, you know. We don't always want to look at ourselves in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about – I'm almost two years out from when I had my baby. And it's been a process of (laughs) grappling with, you know, my body, my new body. But, like – Up until that point, I had very often told myself, even if I was not feeling good about my body, I would tell myself, every body is a canvas and every canvas is a playground and can be beautiful depending on what you put on it.
1: It's so true. And And I feel like a lot of people have this force and presence that is separate from their body shape or stature like I people are always amazed when they meet me at like how I am in person (laughs) like oh I thought you were gonna be so tall because I have a tall personality I guess I don't know I always say I'm big on the inside but I feel like a lot of people it's like sort of when you're super sexy you can put on any old thing and you're still gonna look sexy so your body shape is going to change and shift but you are still going to bring yourself to the clothes and people aren't necessarily looking at how what, they, people don't notice what other people's sizes are. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Your essence is Like be I've been the looking. Same.
1: Yeah, I've been lo- I mean honestly, like it's kind of embarrassing to admit that sometimes I still have an absolutely wrong idea of what someone's size is. Like they can be like I get an impression of their personality, but it, it's like, that isn't what I, I don't remember like how, how, like what size pant they looked like they had, you know, it's, I mean, I, I do because I'm paying attention to it, but like in general, I just, I don't, people don't, people don't register in that way unless they're very, very focused on it themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we always notice yeah. what we're most insecure about first.
0: Right, and I'm thinking now about how. So, like, once I had my baby, and then I was like very emotional and very shocked by my own body. I was <laughs> then I would just cry and be like, "Everybody is a canvas." <laughs> I can, well I can However, you with deliver myself. your mantra,
1: it's still your mantra. <laughs> it's Still, my mantra. <laughs> you can cry it out. <laughs>
0: But I but I I did still believe it on some level, and I was like, okay, well, let me just see if there are I can find clothes that I can feel good in and confident in, even while I do not accept my body at all, you know? Like, and it's it worked. Like, like I definitely found, clothes that I felt good in. I put this on and it could be like the texture of this feels good on my skin. You know, I like the color on me and it is comfortable. And I also like the silhouette. So then I could feel more confident just in that article of clothing And then, yeah, when I take it off, I might be mad, you know, (laughs) I might not be okay, (laughs) but like, but I feel like there, you can kind of compartmentalize a little bit. Like, yes, there's the body acceptance path I'm on, but then there's also like style for right now that can feel good already.
1: Yeah. And just acknowledging kind of where you're at and knowing like, okay, well, I'm never going to love the the way my waist looks right now. but. I could love feeling like I'm being hugged by a piece of clothing instead. And I think there's, I mean, that happens to us throughout the course of one month. Like emotionally speaking, like there are days when you look in the mirror and you're just like, ew. (laughs) And it's good to know what outfits you can put on when you do feel you, uh, that can, can kind of mitigate it a little until you get to another day where you feel less gross. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about this topic of like the changes, just how dynamic bodies can be, especially female bodies, but just all bodies can be so dynamic. And then also how, during the course of a month, like I'll, so one week I need to be hugged by my clothes and the other week I need my clothes to feel like a parachute or something. Like, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, like
1: armor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, now I want to connect to this with the idea of a capsule wardrobe. Laurel, I'm obsessed with the fantasy. Of a yes. capsule wardrobe. But I have I experienced that thing of being very dynamic, you know, body changing a lot over time, uh, feeling like my needs are really different just in the course of a month. And so I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about how to work with that and potentially create the dream of a capsule wardrobe.
1: <laughs> you can have this dream. It is achievable. I think what is fun about a capsule is the self-experimentation that goes on. So you could start doing some research on yourself right now, like over the course of a month, what are the actual like times when you need to be hugged versus need to feel armored? What are the times when you actually have to put on a full outfit? And how much are you able to get away with wearing like loungewear, athleisure? And like, do you like doing that? (laughs) Like, kind of just noticing your habits and your patterns and what feels good and what doesn't over the course of the month can start to steer you in the direction of Oh, I do gravitate towards these. If I could wear these pants every day, I would. Or I always put this on when I feel like shit. Or I definitely am more attracted to outfits that are paying attention to my waist. So you can start to see your own personal patterns, which then you can combine with the things you like style-wise and start to hone in on some of the like big requirements that you might have for your capsule because there's going to be, there's not going to be that many things, you know? And if they can be kind of given this sort of name and then given a container where you can kind of define what that is, then it becomes easier to like pull pieces from the rest of your wardrobe that can like make them come to more full fruition. I think the capsule is a fun way to like really learn what you like and don't like to wear. (laughs) But you don't have to limit yourself. I feel like you would probably have a good time with a capsule because you are attracted to like a fairly limited color palette. And once you kind of notice, oh, like if I only had clothes in these colors, I could wear them all month, but I might get bored. So maybe we'll throw in You know, one or two other crazy colors that maybe I wouldn't have thought of if I hadn't have been intentionally making this capsule. You could have just slid through the whole entire month without the bright colors and not really noticed. But if you're being more intentional about the capsule, you'll start to notice, like, oh, I actually feel better when I am representing, like, the, the edgy and the soft. And so you'll start to want to like make sure that your capsule has that balance for you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. That That is such great guidance for me. I you definitely... don't have to wear just cat camel. <laughs>
1: Everybody thinks like they're going to look like some kind of a, like Eileen Fisher art director person if they have a capsule wardrobe, but it's really just like, how about we just, have a small amount of clothes you just really like. <laughs> you could just wear those. You're probably already wearing about a capsule anyway.
0: Yeah, so I feel like that speaks to the decluttering that I definitely need to do. That's probably going to be an early early step for me.
1: It is easier to sort once you once you have that month under your belt of like actual data cuz mm-hmm. you, you'll see like, oh, I didn't I didn't wear this shirt at all, and I don't even feel a remote urge. I can get rid of it.
0: So I feel like there are a few different chunks of process we've touched on. One is the discovery and exploration, just getting connected with what you like. One is what we're talking about right now, which is the, like, Culling, noticing patterns. It seems like that part is really, it's like pulling out your requirements and constraints for, like, if you were creating a design brief. It's like, okay, these are the things it needs to hit for me.
1: It's very satisfying to those analytical thinkers to have a capsule because it does give you rules and structure that you can then mm-hmm. live it within. And it can be very satisfying because mm-hmm. then you're 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 just like, I don't wear this, I do wear that. And I like this and I like that. And I can double down on the stuff I like and not feel like I'm I'm like ignoring all these other possibilities because you've already mm-hmm. like determined that screw those possibilities. I like what I like.
0: Right. And I love how this set of rules that comes from the process, your process, and what, what we're talking about here, it's your rules.
1: Yeah, it's not like some stranger that's like, this is what's on trend and makes you look more skinny. Like, ugh, right? the ugh. fashion industry's rules are only going to make you feel sad.
0: Right, right. And, and so, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> so then instead you've got rules that are like, for example, I don't wear black because I feel sad when I wear black. That's right. your you have rule.
1: personal rules. Everybody can have whatever likes and dislikes they want, as long as they feel like those are the things that ground them and make them feel authentic. And you can show up and not be distracted by what you have
0: on. Right. And then you can have another person who has the same, uh, who, who has like, The exact opposite rule, like I wear a lot of black because I feel elegant when I wear black. But it's the because part that matters so much.
1: Exactly. And then if you have like this definition for what your style is, it can change always. Like you can morph it in as you go through different phases or have different needs or contexts that you have to go into. But if you have this sort of understanding that this is how I feel balanced, then when something is wrong and you're trying something new, you know, kind of how to weigh it out. Like with me, I'm like, Oh, this looks too (laughs) normy, or this looks too, um, this looks too covered up. I need like one piece of skin showing, or this looks too fancy. I need to wear it with sneakers or this looks too tight, I need to wear it with this one big oversized thing on top. Just knowing what you like in terms of the duality of your own personality, that can really steer you into some really cool outfit combinations, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to help you figure out, like, when I feel uncomfortable, here is why. It's probably because I'm not representing this side enough.
0: hmm hmm Okay. So I'm thinking, like, for those who are listening, who are feeling inspired, like, okay, now I can, of want to play with my style. And also those who are feeling like, okay, now I want to problem solve, like maybe I've boxed myself in and, and I want to, I want to change this or I want to feel more confident in my clothes. Um, first of all, they can, they can check out your style shift workshop. What other resources, like, what other starting points could we direct them to?
1: Well, I do have the online course, which is just, like, real easy, self-propelled. And I also offer some one-on-one services. And they kind of touch on each part of the process and each kind of pain point people have. I just launched a new service called The Style Reading, which is really fun. It's just the, like, style discovery part of my process where I have you collect images and then ask you some wacky personal questions. And then we meet for an hour and I don't even really look at the images first. We kind of look at it together and I just start saying what I see. And a lot of times it correlates pretty directly to people's personality or kind of what they want to be seen as and then we can start to give it a name and see where the tension is and then how that can be translated into actual clothing items. So that's that's a little one off get started, kinda her like corral your ideas and give it a give your style personality a little bit of a, a name and container. But then the majority of my services are going to do that part, but then also sort the closet, give you shopping recommendations, and then show you how to style your current and pre-existing clothing into outfits. So that is that is the meat of what I do is is the one-on-one stuff, and I've been doing it virtually and in person now that things are back and in a sort of normal way. But yeah, those are the, the main things I do.
0: Great. And, and you also have your ethical style guide. I
1: do. I made this little guide during the pandemic because I was really trying not to ever give any of my clients any recommendations that weren't sustainably sourced. And it worked. Like most of my clients, that's all we do. We just do. We just shop from that guide, basically. So I made it easy for if you just want to shop. Yourself that way. This is uh, a way to um, shop ethically, and I have it organized by style and price point, And I I put little pictures in it that like kind of reflect the vibe of the brand. And it was fun. It was a fun activity, but whew, it took a long time. There's a lot of resources.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love your style guide, and so. Yeah. If, if people want to check that out, they can also buy the ethical style guide on your website. Well, I really hope this was helpful for our listeners. And I mean, it was helpful for me. Thank you, Laurel, for sharing your wisdom and guidance.
1: It's always so fun to talk to you. And I'm excited that it inspired you because I think the world needs to know that there's that powerhouse in there too. It's not all softness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Laurel. I'm like, I do actually feel inspired to like add a new um, edgy accessory to my wardrobe. (laughs) She's going to get a
1: face tattoo,
0: you guys. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) okay well thank you so much and I thank you Lisa yeah talk to you soon so as promised I wanted to share a bit more about source my new group coaching program for 2024 I'm just kind of pouring all of my creativity and compassion and learnings into it from these past six years I've spent coaching creative leaders Throughout that time, I have seen so many thoughtful, hardworking, incredibly creative people struggling alone, struggling with this sense of being the only one like them in their work environment, maybe being the only woman on a leadership team or the only person of color pitching a lot of white VCs or just generally feeling, wondering, is it just me Do I really belong here in this environment that I'm in? And how can I I make sure that I am really aligned with my values? How can I trust in myself more deeply and move forward with confidence? So as I've been coaching so many of you, I know that you're not the only one who is going through what you're going through. So for a while, it's been my dream to bring a group of you together in a supportive, compassionate, beautiful, playful way to help you to recalibrate your inner compass and really tap into the source of your creativity and passion and motivation. So this experience allows you to do that inner work with support from me, but also side by side with each other so you can learn from each other and get the community support and encouragement that you need. I'm so excited to share this with you. I'm especially excited for the retreat that will happen in May at this gorgeous glamping venue in the middle of the desert. I find the desert just so inspiring and so expansive it's going to be a space for you to really unfurl. So this program is very holistic and comprehensive. It does include asynchronous one-on-one coaching with me through voice messages. That is how I've been working with my own coach lately and I'm just loving it. It's so flexible and fun and easy in a way. It's kind of like having your own private podcast back and forth. And this program is also designed with very busy people in mind. Um, So it's designed to be easy. The only scheduled commitments are that three-night retreat in May, and then there's one monthly call. Together with your small group. Otherwise, everything else is available to you through Slack and you can engage as much or as little as you need at different points throughout the year because I know there are, there are ebbs and flows, different seasons to what we need and what we have to give. So I'm so happy to share with you. I hope you will check it out. If you are interested at the-cocoon.co slash source on that page, you can request a spot. It's just really, it's just a pretty brief form for you to fill out. And then I'll reach out to schedule a call with you just to answer any questions and make sure it's a good fit for you. Before you go, a few final notes. First, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to cover, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a note at podcast at the-cocoon.co. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. That's one of the best things you can do to show your support and encourage me to keep going. Until next time, let it be easy.